right, baby. Right on. Oh, doubt. Let's ride. Going with the Western lingo and everything. Let's go. Of course. I didn't even know that's Western. I guess I am from Colorado, so. Fair. Does that, I guess that means I'm from the West, which is kind of weird, right? Like, Colorado's not West. Literally, the dad book has been a geography test this entire time. Yeah. Trying to figure out what state I'm going to. I still don't know much of this country. Like, is that the U.S.? Is it not? I don't know. Well, as, you, as you're pointing to, like, Wyoming and Montana and Idaho. No offense yeah. to anybody that lives there, but, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think I feel like Minnesota is, like, the gateway to the West. It's like Minnesota down yep. is considered Western states. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Question for you guys. Is Minnesota part of the Midwest? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, very much so. Okay. And, and how about in, in the dad book? Is it is it considered Midwest? <laughs> well, we had that conversation today, me and Brian. I was like... Brian was like, yo, is Minnesota the Midwest? And I was like, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> so we have so, the we have the answer right here. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll confirm. Okay. Coming we'll from two non-Midwest guys, yeah. Minnesota is in the Midwest. And we'll clip that out and send it out to everybody in Minnesota. And they'll know. But I, now I am now realizing, like, people have always asked us, like, oh, why do you have uh, the map? You know, the map, the map, the map. It's like Dora. But we've always had it in our studio from day one. And I'm realizing now this is perfect for this podcast. Finally, we found the use of it. It's been leading up to this very moment. Leading up to this very moment, I want to say. Would absolutely. you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll say. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. So let's uh, let's plot this out just real quick. I mean, welcome Nate Timmons. Yeah. Founder of The Dad Book. Um, at official, what what is it, The Real Dad Book? At The Real Dad Book on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. So, and there may be a story behind that. Is that correct? There is a story behind The Real Dad Book. Uh, we can dive into that now if you guys... Go for it, yeah. 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 Uh, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. Again, it's been a year in the making of, of getting here. How cool is that? That's We've been DMing, exchanging text messages, calls for... A, we, ju- we just checked. August 8th was when the first time we... Re- August 8th of 2018, 2018 is when we first got in contact. I think that's the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool that it's all come together. So that's been fun. Um, yeah, so The Real Dad Book uh, on Facebook and Instagram again. Um, when I first started the book, when I was first kind of formulating, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to spend kind of my time after college doing, um, I was thinking of names for the book, and I was like, the dad book makes the most sense. Um so when I was looking for a URL, so there's also the real um, when I was looking for the URL, the dadbook.com was going to cost $3,000, um, because the dad and book are three of the most searched words online. So I was like, wow, well, shoot, the dad book's already like underwater before I can even start. Um, so then I was kind of going on, uh, Instagram and I was like, what do celebrities do for their names? So like real Donald Trump, um, like real Justin Timberlake. I was like, all right, what if I added the real dad book to it? Um, so I added the real dad book.com to GoDaddy. It was going to char- it was going to cost me $9. And then I found some like sweet deal online for 90% off. So the real dad book.com ended up costing 99 cents. It was the best deal I've ever gotten. Absolutely. Saved myself $2,999. <laughs> That's a steal. So yeah, we went the, we went a little backwards. We went from because we couldn't get thebackpocket.com. Yep. So we just went with yourbackpockets.com, and it got no no clicks. <laughs> as long as we had that URL, it got no clicks. So then we switched to the Back Pocket Podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we, we feel you on that. I think ours was – it was, the Back Pocket was roughly like 1500 Yeah, 3, it was $3,300. Um, the owners – it was like a domain leasing website that was owned okay. in Colorado, first of all places. And I remember – like when we first started, I was going to start a segment where we would call 
this company and at and like just have them on the podcast and be like, hey, can we get the back pocket, you know, domain? Yeah, put them on and the spot. Exactly. And so I called them off air for the first time and I call them up and they don't answer. But I left like this really like stupid voicemail like, hey, we're starting this podcast, like blah, blah, blah. And then I finished with like, we'd want it for free. I hang up, you know, think they'll never call me back. The guy calls me back and oh, he's shit. like, uh, he goes, so I hear you're trying to buy uh, the back pocket uh, com, you know, just as a salesman. I was like, no, I'm not not purchasing like we want it for free. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Like, uh, you know, this this is one of the higher, you know, you, just like you said, like most searched thing. Everyone's searching the back pocket. And I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Segment crushed yeah just like that just like that oh man but let's go back to when you're in kalamazoo yep and this idea is in its nascency and you're looking to create the dad book what take me through those earliest stages yeah so so brian and i were roommates um at western michigan at western michigan university the greatest university on the earth um (laughs) shameless plug um so we were roommates and it was our sophomore year and I think something in our apartment had broke that week. Um, and the first person I call up was my dad. I was like, Hey dad, like, do you know how to fix this? And he's like, Oh yeah, you just do this, do this, do this. And I was like, how do you know how to do that? Like, why do dads know how to do all these amazing things? Um, and then as any roommates do, we were running through the conspiracy theories, you know, JFK nine 11, the big ones. And I was like, yo, there's gotta be a book out there about fatherhood. And like when a dad has their first newborn, like they're pulled aside from the nurse. The nurse is like, yo, follow me to this back room, super dark room, turn on the lights. They've just got bookshelves of the dad book. She's like, yo, here's the dad book. Everything you need to know is in here. I've since learned that's not the case. There's nothing out there like it yet. Um, and that, that really just got the kind of ball rolling. That's, that's truly the story of the dad book. It was like a combination of my dad helping and then the conspiracy theory of like, oh, there's got to be this book out there on like how dads know how to just do everything. Um, so anyways, so that was sophomore year. And then over the course of the next three years, it really just kind of started the snowball effect of what would it look like to write a book about fatherhood? I wouldn't want just, you know, dads that have, you know, mom, dad, two children. I want, you know, single dad, divorced dad, single mom, same sex couple raising a family you know, the whole spectrum of fatherhood in America, because fatherhood isn't black and white. It's not, you know, this, this, don't do this. It's very fluid. You know, what's fatherhood in Florida is vastly different for fatherhood in Alaska. Um, And I really wanted to highlight that. Um, Yeah. So over the next three years, it was kind of how I started, you know, all right, if I traveled all 50 states, if I interviewed a dad in each state, you know, do I take the stereotypes of the states, you know, Indiana is an Amish dad, Wisconsin is a cheese dad, uh, Hawaii professional surfer. Um, so I really started kind of formulating it over that three year time frame. Um, and then senior year of college, it was one of those, I studied finance in college and I was like, all right, I could spend the next five, 10 years kind of working up the corporate ladder, sitting in Excel, you know, typing away. That's not really what I want to do at 23, 24 years old. Like I've got the rest of my life to do that. I can always come back to it. Why not do something like this now while I'm young, while I have no children myself, I'm not a dad. Um, oh, wait, dang it. For real? For real. Okay. So I haven't had any calls. So interesting. Cause I was like, dad book. Like I'm, I was like, you know what? He's going to go through every single state over these nine months. And then when he's done, chapter 50 is going to be 
the Surprise. breaking news. <laughs> I'm a dad. <laughs> Mom, dad, if you're listening, I'm not a dad. I want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> you should. Well, here's here's another like. I mean, you you've already known me as the ideas guy, but like you can resell your book when you have your first kid, and then the epilogue chapter will be your experience as a dad. That's your addition to your already New York Times bestseller. So you know, hold on to that moment for when it comes yes. be responsible obviously <laughs> do what you need to do yes yes right on <laughs> oh man that's awesome so i i do want to kind of unpack so like uh you're the same age as us so you graduated last year from kalamazoo yep graduated in 2018 uh so now just turned 24 uh two weeks ago nice right congrats on. dude thank you, thank and you. then how long was it from the time you graduated in may to the time you hit the road so that was even thinking back to those days so Graduated in April of 2018, um, had one last internship right after school or right out of school um, at a local credit union. But during that internship, it was literally internship during the day, figuring out the dad book at night. So like classic, you know, you work your nine to five, but then you're working on your side hustle at night. Like that was five to nine. Yeah. A little, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so I did that from, you know, April to call it August or my internship ended in September. Um so during that, you know, four or five month internship, um, that was when I first um, did the the dad book kind of launch video or my, my Shark Tank pitch online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put together a, a, you know, two minute long video explaining the dad book, explaining what I was going to do, explaining my plan um, to travel to all 50 states while living out of a van and, and making it happen. Um, so I did that, got the van, Vanna White, um, got her in August um so three months after the fact and it's like a 1980s volkswagen 1985 volkswagen vanagon uh 2.1 liter engine i have no idea what any of that means but just know it's very slow going up hills is a pain but stick shift stick shift yeah yeah (laughs) when i first when i first bought it i didn't know how to drive stick and it had no brakes no Um, way dude it was a mess (laughs) but but it ran and that was what I needed. As long as it ran, I knew I would be okay. Um, so when I first got it, yeah, I drove down to Jonesville, Michigan, which for those of you watching, I know on the podcast, you can't see it, but, uh, if you put up your, your Michigan mitt, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, in Michigan drove down this dirt road. I see it in the driveway and I was like, that's my van. I need just like very first, um, like sight of it. I was like, that's my van. I'm taking it. I don't care what I have to do to fix it. Um, so the guy I bought it from was like, yo, do you want to like take it for a test drive? I know it doesn't have brakes, but like just put it in neutral and it'll come to a stop, which is terrifying to hear from somebody. But I was like, yeah, I don't know how to drive stick. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still serious about buying it, but like you got to take me for a spin. So he drove me around in it, um, immediately fell in love, bought it, took it back to Kalamazoo. Um, the thing with buying old Volkswagens is there are only a handful of mechanics across the country that will work on them. Um, or that know how to work on them. Um, so there's one mechanic in Kalamazoo um, who I took it to, ended up, uh, when I first brought it in, he's like, oh, yeah, we could probably get you on the road in, like, a couple weeks. A couple weeks turned into, like, I think it ended up being seven weeks. So wow. I didn't get my van back until, I think, October, November. It was, like, first week in November that I got it back, and I dropped it off in September. Um Cause I had originally planned to leave right after my internship ended end of September. Mm-hmm. So it was this whole waiting period of like, all right, I have no solid source of income. Now I've got this van that I'm going to spend a lot of money on when a, the mechanic is finally like, Hey, it's ready. 
Um, so I ended up, yeah, getting it in November, um, was getting used. So now that I finally had it, now it was starting to get used to driving stick. Cause again, I still don't know how to drive stick. Um, so once it was finally ready, you know, learning how to drive stick, driving it around town, I, I wanted to give myself about a week to learn how to drive stick, um, and to get comfortable with it. And, uh, two weeks after I got it back from the mechanic, I went to put it into clutch and the clutch went all the way to the floor. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I'm in the middle of, you know, nowhere, downtown Kalamazoo, can't get my van into any gear. And I just gotten it back and I was just getting ready to hit the road. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like getting ready to start your trip, getting ready to start the wow. trip. Um, so I ended up literally putting it into neutral, keeping it on, um, and pushing it down to the mechanic. The mechanic was thankfully only like a mile away. So I'm pushing it middle of winter, like pitch black. All these people walking by are cracking up because it's an old Volkswagen. Like seeing somebody push it is the most on brand thing ever. <laughs> so like seeing that push, they're all cracking up and uh, ended, get, ended up getting it back to the mechanic. And um, thankfully it wasn't the entire clutch system. Um, it was just like some cable that had snapped. So again, uh, you know, what well, should have been a week to get fixed uh, ended up being two and a half weeks. So now it's like right up to Christmas. And I was like, all right, I would feel like a, I feel like a dick if I like left my family right before Christmas. So I stayed in town for Christmas, stayed in town for um, New Year's. And then, you know, to be honest, there was a there was a solid period of time from like January till April that I was just coming up with every excuse possible to not do it. I was, you know, really? Yeah, I had I had the van ready. It was all packed up. Um the excuse I kept coming back to was, oh, it's too cold to leave. It was in the middle of winter. Well, that's, re that's reasonable. Which is reasonable, but, like, I knew my route was going south, so I was like, once I get past Indiana, like, it's going to get warm. Um, but it was that total dilemma of, like, finally having everything ready and just taking that next step um, that really was the hardest part. Um, at the same time, I was selling my – so I had the Volkswagen, then I had one other car um, that was, like, my daily driver – so I was in the process of selling that because I needed the money from that car sale to then dump into the dad book to keep me on the road. Um, yeah, real quick about that. So did you have any sort of like backing on this trip? Because I know you mentioned like a two minute in, uh, like pitch video. Yep. So did you kind of go on like a little mini seating round to get you through every state? Yeah, yeah. So when I first did the video um, back on Father's Day 2018, um, when I first did the video, that was my, my final pitch at the end was, you know, Hey, this is what I'm planning to do. Um, if you are in all interested in helping fund this, support this, um, I had a GoFundMe set up. Um, and from that I was able to raise, I think 2,500 ish dollars, um, awesome. which was incredible. Um, just from the GoFundMe about 2,500. And then I had my internship at the end of it. Um, they gave me $500 to put towards the dad book. There you go. Um, and then I had a, a local um, business um, give me $300 as well. And they were like, we love what you're doing. Like, sweet. We want to see this happen. So I also know, or I remember following, because, you know, like Andrew said, we were talking in August. And I know during your kind of uh, time, you were throwing the whole Gary V flip game and you were selling so like what, <laughs> everything from your parents' basement? I sold everything under the sun i sold my dad's old like space collection what have you um i sold his old hot wheels and for anybody that's ever looking to make like a couple extra dollars like every week just go through your parents old stuff like in their basement and sell it on ebay you'll make like 40 50 guaranteed easily every single week um 
From Did the, you learn that from Gary V though? So I, I, had, I saw the Gary V because uh, he did like a, a couple weeks where he did the, the flip game. And I was like, oh, that's like way too easy. There's no way this works. So then I went to a thrift store, picked up a basketball jersey and sure enough, sold it like three days later. I think I bought it for 15, sold it for 45. What was the I, jersey? Uh, it was a, uh, oh shoot. It was a Sonics. It was an old Sonics. I want to say it was a Kevin Durant jersey. Mm. Oh, that's kind of dope. I thought it, it was, was going to be like Reggie Miller. Or no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first one. And I was like, wait, this actually works. And then I started going to the thrift stores more often, just selling everything under the sun. And then my dad was like, yo, I've got these old, like, you know, figurines down in the basement. I'm not using them. Like, feel free. So I think from the figurines and the Hot Wheels, I think I ended up making about $1,000 net. Holy shit. That Re- is so sick. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, and then the other weird things I sold was like a 1950s porcelain doll creepiest thing ever like literally the entire week i had it i kept it up uh at my parents house my my bedroom faces the road so i had this like doll propped up with the light in the back so anybody driving by just sees this like terrifying doll from the window <laughs> um so yeah i did that yeah i did the like reselling flip game i turned it into an actual business i got like an llc for it and everything um i did that from yeah right after the internship so like october till right up to the point that i left so october to april just doing the like side hustle flip game, just looking to make some extra money. Um, Cause it was that point where I was like, all right, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to go try and find like another internship or another part-time gig working for two weeks and then be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Um, so the eBay reselling game was like the perfect opportunity for me to still make money while I was kind of like in this limbo period of waiting to hit the road. Um, so yeah, so I ended up um, would have been, March. Yeah, March. I ended up selling my Honda, which was my daily driver. Um, so once I sold the Honda, I had all the money that I could possibly think of to, to get for the dad book. And then I was like, all right, Nate, like you got to hit the road. Like it's, it's time. So I think I pushed it off for about another two weeks. And then finally it was April. It was April 10th. It was, uh, it was a Wednesday or Thursday. And I was like, all right, you're leaving this weekend. Like no questions asked, pack all your clothes. So I literally put all my clothes in the van. So I had nothing inside of my house. So I had to go to the van to change because in my mind, I was like, you got to do something to like get yourself going. Um, so once I had all the clothes in the van uh, and every day it was just a pain to go shower, come out. It's still cold in Michigan in the middle of uh, April. Oh, yeah. So I was like, all right, like now I've got my clothes in there. It just makes sense that I should leave. So that Sunday, April 14th uh, was the first day of the dad book. So I drove from Kalamazoo to um Elkhart, Indiana, the first night, uh, which is like a 55 minute drive from Kalamazoo to Elkhart. First time the van had been outside of Kalamazoo. Like I was super like careful about driving it when I had it in town. So that was the first time I took it out of Kalamazoo. Cause it's a liability at all times. Literally driving around Kalamazoo. I was like, if this thing breaks down again, I am just going to keep pushing this on and on and on. So mm-hmm. it was like, I had to keep it in Kalamazoo while I was getting ready. Um, so yeah, April 14th was the the first day. So if you look back at that timeline, it was, you know, really call it Father's Day 2018. So June 17th, 2018 to April 14th. So, you know, we're talking ten eight, months. Yeah, eight to 10 months of like, I'm going to do this. Now I'm finally doing it. So oh. April 14th is like a big day in, in my in my and the dad book's life. Um, it's definitely a day I like look back and say like, Good job for finally taking like that leap forward. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, so April fourteenth of twenty nineteen to present has been the dad book's journey. So 
and let's walk through some of these, like setting up the interviews. So you're driving down to Indiana that first time on April 14th. Do you have an interview set up or are you going into towns and like just starting to ask around? Yeah. So from, and we can even back up just a, a little bit. Um, after I'd posted the video online, kind of my Shark Tank pitch, I had people, you know, messaging me on Facebook saying, hey, I know a dad in X state or Y state and I think you should interview them. Um, so then after I posted that video, I reached out to all the local news networks and was like, Hey, can somebody like help me plug this, um, help me get it out there. Um, so I had one station up in Grand Rapids actually. So I'm from Kalamazoo. Grand Rapids is about 50 minutes North. Um, had one news anchor there who was like, I love this story. I want to help you as much as I can. So she did a piece on it and this was before I had the book or before I had the van, before I had really anything lined up and she was just solely pitching my story and my idea. Um, so from that, then when she posted it on the news um, and then when they sent it out to all their satellite stations, I had people from California, Washington, Colorado reaching out and saying, hey, I just saw you on the news. Like, I want to get you connected with this guy. So before I left Kalamazoo, I had about 25 interviews lined up. Um, so then when I finally left, I had messaged all the dads on my route south and said, hey, like, I'm finally on the road. I know it's been, you know, eight months since you've heard from me, um, but I'm finally on the road. You know, this is kind of my agenda. If you're in town, I'd love to love to interview you. So um, the first dad in Elkhart, I had lined up, ready to go. He was an Amish dad, um, had him lined up, ready to go, drove down there first night, slept in the Planet Fitness parking lot, woke up the next morning, was like, hey, like, let's do this interview. If you're free for lunch or dinner, like I'll be in town. Um never heard from him again still to this day i've never heard from him oh, which man. was the biggest letdown ever because that was like going to be my first interview i was super stoked i was like yes like i'm finally on the road like let's get it going um so first dad was a huge flop he ghosted you he he ghosted me he <laughs> ghosted me. i mean but he's an amish dad so he doesn't have technology so mm, how are you he, getting in touch with him he had a cell phone he had Whoa. he had an iphone too the message was blue and i was like mm. i was like buddy come on yeah. like i know you i know you've read this Dude, so <laughs> what a flop what a flop what a flop yeah that doesn't and that does not look good to the amish community to our podcast listeners to any amish folk out there and that's tough to hear do yeah. better but did you end up did you end up finding another amish dad so i've lined up another amish dad since um i was kind of in a rush to get down to nashville at the time um so from elkar i then drove to cincinnati um and then my interview in ohio is actually on the east side of ohio so i drove down to cincinnati but then right across from Cincinnati is Florence, Kentucky. Yeah, um, yep. let's let's block this. Yeah, let's sorry. plot this out here. So started up here, went down to Elkhart. Elkhart kind of drove down to uh, Cincinnati, and then right across the river is Florence, Kentucky. Oh, okay. And that's where I had my first interview, and it was nice. amazing. Uh, the guy's name is Andy Furman. He's a Fox Radio sports host um, commentator. Mm. Um. And his whole story is about how he adopted two children from Bulgaria and um, what that looked like for him as a, you know, 40 year old dad for the first time adopting children that are now that are now like 20. So he's, you know, 60 ish years old and he's his father to a couple 20 something year olds and kind of that whole story of what it was like going overseas, finding these these two sons, adopting them, that whole process. Um and it was great because for a first interview with him being somebody that's frequently talking, yeah, it was supernatural. There was no like awkward, like, Hey, give me a little bit more, you know, elaborate. He, he did a phenomenal job of just giving his story. Right. 
and helping you out for the first time, like not having to be like pressured. Ooh, do, is it going to be uncomfortable asking like follow up questions type thing? It he was, I, and that's the thing is the whole as I'm doing this dad book, as I'm doing everything, I'm really taking every day, just day by day, um, and knowing that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and that Amish dot that Amish dad flopping, and then having my first interview be Andy was like the perfect perfect way to do it so that's incredible yeah and that that's kind of the the way i look at it at least um at least that's what i've convinced myself so um logistically are you um like recording all these interviews or like these dinners that you're having with these dads and then listening back to them then going and typing your chapter on them it, or how what's kind of the format exactly so i've actually got a um a rode um iphone jack um so from your iphone you can have a little microphone coming out oh. um and then i just set that right in between us and kind of turn on my airplane mode so I don't have anybody calling in between and it's just a, a conversation that yeah I then you know afterwards listen to um because then I can I can relive it after the moment yeah. um just a clarification you have all these saved too yeah so this could be a podcast at some point oh the dad book podcast the dad book podcast, the dad book podcast. do you re- do you uh do you record yourself like bts a little bit behind the scenes and stuff yeah so then i'll then I'll, awesome. after the interview i'll usually say like hey this is how it went like this is this is what i'm thinking the chapter is going to look like so that way you know as i'm writing and i'm like oh yeah i need to touch on that or i need to focus on that Dude. i'm like nate don't forget this part like this was important <laughs> mm. oh i love that that's yeah. awesome dude so super yeah, cool maybe they're um, you know yeah you may, hey. you may have heard it here first again i have <laughs> just ideas these are, and we'll have to write them all down um okay so you also mentioned you were staying in planet fitnesses yes that is crazy so how did you get that idea and why why planet fitness yeah so i had had the planet fitness membership before i left um uh, loyal guy huh yeah 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 i had to keep the dad bot off um while i was doing basically nothing um so i had the the planet fitness membership the black card membership which gets you access to all 1100 locations across the the country oh wow um with planet fitness being 24 7 i knew i could park overnight um with them having showers for me to use it it was easy so i'd park overnight get a quick workout in shower go back to bed in the van wake up in the morning walk in you know hairs all over the place big old bug eyes and everything and the planet fitness people are just like morning and i'm like morning (laughs) go do my shower and Mm -hmm. um I think I think that idea though was from so I'm in a couple of van life groups on Facebook. There's like thousands of people's like in these van life groups. Yeah. And I think somebody was like, "Yo, if you're doing van life, you have to have some kind of gym membership um, for showering." And I was like, "Wait, Planet Fitness is 24/7. In theory, I should never be bothered. I have been once. I was asked to leave one Planet Fitness, but otherwise, have never had an issue." Um, oh. They, and allegedly they're a sponsor? Allegedly they are a unofficial, official, unofficial sponsor. Um yes. beautiful. Well said. Take that for what it is. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> I uh I tweeted at Planet Fitness and I was like, Hey, like I was in Nebraska and I tweeted at him and was like, Hey, this is Planet Fitness number nineteen that I've been to. Um somebody get Planet Fitness to sponsor me. So then they saw it and they messaged me and they're like, Hey, like, what's your address? We want to send you some stuff. My immediate thought was I was getting like a cease and desist letter from Planet Fitness and being like, stop parking in our parking lots overnight. <laughs> that did not happen. Um, they sent me a bunch of like Planet Fitness swag. Um, I told them I was going out west. So they've sent me like a lawn chair, um, a couple like hoodies and stuff to keep me warm. So where did they send it to if you didn't have an address? Yeah. So they sent it to my parents because I was in Nebraska and I was heading back to Kalamazoo for a buddy's wedding. Um, so they sent it to my parents' house and then I picked it up while I was there. 
and that's that's been the interesting th- thing too is like not having an address you realize like with our generation especially we love amazon we love getting stuff shipped to us yeah um so it's one of those where it's like looking at my route and being like all right who do i know in the next week that i could pick this up um so that's been kind of my my way of doing it is i usually have it sent to families or friends that i know i'm meeting along the way mm-hmm. um and yeah so just making it happen <laughs> That is super cool. So, so we're four months in, yeah, to the dad book tour. Yep. And you have now touched twenty states. Minnesota is number twenty. Minnesota is number twenty, and it's been about two thousand miles. Uh four thousand. Four thousand miles, which is inc- four thousand six hundred and seventy-nine, to be exact. How do you know? Are you keeping track somehow? Are yeah. You- so I, I've got like my route, and then I'll Google map the the mileage on it. Add it up. Yeah. Because that's the thing. My van does not have a working odometer. <laughs> Uh, the odometer is in kilometers, even if it did work. Yeah. Uh, the speedometer doesn't work on the van. Um, so you don't know how fast you're going? So I have a but speedometer app on my phone that tells me how fast kidding, I'm going. You're dude. I was going to say, are you ever speeding, though? It's really, are you going to get to the uh, the actual required <laughs> limit to be on this road? I know. Yeah. I, and I know you guys like took pictures of the van. For those of you guys listening, uh, the this Volkswagen van that's 30 years old, there's a sticker on it that says 0 to 55 in 11 minutes, and that is the most accurate sticker I have on the van. It is so slow. <laughs> <laughs> That's have, hilarious. Have not been pulled over yet. I would honestly mark this down. If I get pulled over, I would actually thank the police officer. I'd be like, I don't know how fast I was going, but like, thank you for pulling me over because this is hilarious. Like, I'm gonna yeah. post this in all the Volkswagen groups I'm on and be like, Yo, I just got pulled over. Like, I actually was speeding. Yeah. <laughs> how about this? You'd be like, Officer, do you know where any mechanics are? Because I, I'm in a new state. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know the local guys. Yeah. Dude, that is so freaking cool. Um. Okay, so 20 states already, like Andrew had mentioned. Craziest story you've had so far. Ooh, this one's always fun. So I would say I'll I'll two-part it. So craziest story from the van, just having the van. Because that's the thing is when I when I saw the van, I knew it would be perfect for this trip. I knew people would see it. I knew they would see the dad book logo on the side. I knew it would draw some attention. Um, so when I was in Dauphin Island, Alabama... Yeah, let's uh, point this one which out. Which is at the southern tip of Alabama. That's Mississippi. Uh, southern tip of Alabama, like right here. Um, wow. I was on the island for a month. My sister had actually called me when I was in Florida and was like, hey, I know you're going to be in the area. Um, I'm teaching a class on the island. Do you want to live on an island for a month? And I was like, absolutely. Like, no questions asked. So she was like, well, in, in trade-off, like, you'll watch my nieces and nephews. And I was like, all right, perfect. Like, I've been interviewing all these dads. I should know a thing or two by now. Um so when I got down to the island, I had parked at a church. My sisters were, or my sister was like two days from coming to the island. Um, so I was parked at a church, and then in the morning I was doing a car show, and I was getting the van all, you know, pretty, uh, wiping her down. And a guy walks by and goes, "Hey man, cool, uh, cool van. What uh, what's this dad book thing about?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, I gave him my spiel." And uh, how good have you gotten at the pitch, by the way? Oh. I can get it within 45 seconds. I can get everything I need to say. We're still struggling with back pockets. We're like probably a minute 30. Yeah. Yeah. Nonetheless, congrats. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, no. So the guy was like, Hey, like, what are you doing? So I told him and then he was like, well, that's pretty cool. Um, are you afraid of heights? I was like, no, why? He's like, all right, well, let's go for a plane ride. And I was like, what? What? And he's like, yeah, I've got like a little, uh, glider plane. I'll take you for a ride around the Island. And I was like, dude, absolutely. Like no questions asked. So we walk, you know, half a mile to this little airstrip and mind you, like in my mind, I'm thinking glider plane. I was like, what does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, 
we finally get to the airstrip and his niece is like oh just so you know it doesn't have like windows or doors or like really anything i was like hush like so this is a stick built plane oh the wright brothers literally wright brothers like envision the wright brothers plane that's the best description of it like it looked like a plane that was not gonna make it wow so sure enough we uh yeah he took me for a plane ride around the island um it was absolutely incredible um and that was that was the one thing that the mechanic in kalamazoo had told me he said you know owning these vehicles people will roll out the red carpet for you they will you know ask you about the van like yeah so Sick. so that was definitely the coolest experience that vanna white has gotten me uh again for anybody listening vanna white is the name of my my van um so he let me uh fly around and then the craziest experience just outside of like really anything um when i was in gatlinburg um in the great smoky mountains which is right at the um right at the tennessee north carolina border um I was sitting in my van and getting ready to like plan my trip south. And I was kind of looking at my next stop and I hear just off in the distance. Oh my gosh, that's Nate with the dad book. I was like, what? And, uh, sure enough, a girl that I'd went to India with. So I studied abroad in India, uh, for like two weeks when I was at university and, um, she comes around and, oh my gosh, Nate, like, it's so great to see you. I had no idea you'd, you'd be here when I was here. And I was like, what's up Georgia like how are you <laughs> and she was on she was on some like flower tour uh she's like into geo sciences I I apologize Georgia for slaughtering that she's, she's into, a botanist she, botanist thank you she's into she's into nature mm-hmm. um so she was doing a tour um of the Great Smoky Mountains while I was there and uh so we caught up whatever and I quick like ran to the bathroom and then came back and she left a note on my van and was like, Hey, like while you're, while you're here, like we want to treat you to dinner. We'll like bring over our van. Um, her and her boyfriend were like living out of the back of their truck, uh, while they were in the great Smokies. Oh dude. Yeah. So sure enough, like 45 minutes later, an hour later, we're having like this nice curry cooked meal, like right in the parking lot, just cooking it up total van life, whatever. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cool. Like, the chance of me being there, her being there at the same time, I was literally like getting ready to leave. And then she was like, Oh my gosh, Nate, like that's crazy. That's the dad book. I know him. So you're just living in the moment every single day. And that's, that's literally it is just taking every day, one day at a time as opportunities kind of come up. I always, um, I'll even save that, but, um, yeah, it's just always knowing that, while I'm doing this, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. And driving a slow van is, you know, with no AC, no radio, I have to have the windows down to get any air in the van. Um, that kind of sucks. So it's like, what, what can I do while I'm, you know, in these cities, in these little towns to make the most of it, to make those lows, you know, not seem so bad. So sure. Nice. Yeah. What has been a moment that stood out to you and it's been like, all right, I'm done type moment. And you had to really fight and dig down to overcome that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in Florida, um, I was in Destin, Florida. So I, I drove down to Orlando um, and then drove up to Destin, Florida, which is kind of right on the, the panhandle of Florida. Um, I was going to turn and all of a sudden heard this horrendous, just like grinding of metal noise. I was like, that doesn't sound good. So I kept driving straight. And as I was driving straight, it was still going on. So then I was like, shoot, that sounds like the transmission or the engine, which of any car, if those go like, you're kind of, you're toast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, shit, like I've only gotten to Florida. I've still got so many states to go. Like this can't be happening right now. 
So I finally pull off into a Planet Fitness parking lot um, and immediately <laughs> start calling every mechanic around. And I'm like, hey, like I've got this 1985 Volkswagen van again. The second I would say that, they, I'm going to stop you right there. We don't work on anything past 1995. It's like, all right, you sure you can't like swing something for me? And they're like, no. Called 15 mechanics. No, 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 no. We won't work on it. Um, the one Volkswagen guy in the area was like, I'm backed up for at least three weeks. It's going to be three weeks till I can get to you. And I had to be in Alabama. Um, I had to be in Alabama in like three days. And I was like, come on, man. Like, please, can you please like hurry it up? He's like, no, like I'm a one man shop. I can't do anything. Um, so I literally was sitting there in my van and I was like, well, shoot, like I'm not going to drive it. Not knowing what that sound is. Um, and then finally, I finally got a call back from one of the mechanics that I left a voicemail for. He called me back and he was like, hey, like, I've never w- worked on a Volkswagen van again. I've always wanted to. And I was like, is that good or bad? Like, <laughs> I, I was like, what exactly does that mean? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, I've worked on everything. He's like, I've worked on a Rolls Royce to like a Toyota Corolla. Like, I've seen it all. And I was like, all right, if you're willing to work on it, like, I'll bring it in. So sure enough, brought it in the next morning. Um, and of course, it's the waiting game with mechanics. You, you bring it in and they're like, all right, we'll diagnose it, right? So I'm like, well, shoot, if it's the transmission, like dad books probably got to come back and kind of regroup. If it's the engine, same thing. Um, so I finally get the call back from them and like sweat and anxiety is just, you know, profusely going. And I was like, this is the moment. So I, you know, answer the phone. He goes, got good and bad news. He's like, good news, it's the brakes. Um, he said, bad news, I can't do a complete fix of it for you unless you gave me like a week. But he said, I can do a temporary fix. And he said, temporary fix, um, bring it on in, be like 240 bucks, uh, and we'll get you back on the road. And I was like, dude, thank you. Like, that's all I needed. I knew I was going to be in Alabama for a month. I knew I could, you know, figure out the brakes while I was in Alabama. And uh, so anyways, he's got it for like an hour or two. And then I come back and he goes, Hey man, I gotta be honest. Like I looked you up on Facebook and everything. I love what you're doing. I didn't really told him much about what I was doing. Um, and he said, I really love what you're doing. I want to see you, you know, accomplish this. I'm a dad myself. Um, tell you what, it did about $240 worth of, you know, work about $80 cash and we'll call it even. I was like, dude, thank you. Like bless up. I was, up needed I was that. Like, Damn. Yeah. It's like, we're on a winning streak again. We're on a winning streak. So boys got hot right away. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. So Wow, that was and it, and again, it's those moments where you know, right when that that light at the end of the tunnel starts getting real narrow, it seems like you something just kind of pulls you far enough ahead that it's like you got this, keep going. So mm-hmm. that was definitely definitely a moment where I was like, shoot, I was sitting in the Planet Fitness, I'm like, this sounds expensive, this sounds bad. Um, come to find out, it was just the brakes. So well, I say just the brakes, but <laughs> yep. So let's flip towards more of the dads of the first 20 that you've uh, you've been able to interview and have these conversations with. Yeah. Uh, you've touched mostly the southern states. Yep. And is there an experience that um, is a little bit more shocking than the rest? Or is there an experience where you're like, oh, this is really sweet. This is I'm going to continue to do this because I keep seeing these type of trends. Yeah. Yeah. So with the dad specific, um, one of the dads in North Carolina, the dad that I interviewed in North Carolina, I actually met through eBay reselling. Um, we were in an eBay reselling group and he posted something talking about his experience with depression and suicide and, um, you know, how he overcame that and how now, you know, five, 10 years later, um, he has a beautiful family and every day he's, you know, relearning how to love his own life through being a father for his children. Um, 
And it was, it was a super cool experience because that was definitely a dad that I'd been looking forward to interviewing. That was a dad that I was really excited about getting to hear his story on. Um, and you know, just blew me away with his, you know, his story, right. Where he says, you know, I was out of this really bad relationship. I was broke. I had to move back in with my parents in my mid thirties. Like I looked like a, like a nobody. And he said, you know, looking back that made me grow so much. Um, and he said, I am so excited to now have the children that I do, um, because I can teach them so many life lessons from the, the shit that I've had to go through. Right. Um, and it's, it's hearing those stories. It's hearing those moments of, of guys and fathers coming to that breaking point and then overcoming it that I want to share for other dads that may be going through something similar. Um, one of the big issues is divorce, um, and, and how that affects a family. Um, and, and I want dads to, to be able to, to hear a story of a guy that, you know, overcame that, um, was at, at the brink of literally he had everything ready to, to end it all. Um, and now, you know, he's, he's living a fantastic life. Um, so that was definitely one. And then the other one I'll share too, when I was in Nebraska, I, um, I interviewed a dad who is a Hispanic dad, um, and spent some time in our prison system for a misdemeanor offense of, you know, selling illicit drugs. And while he was in prison, he ended up, uh, missing his daughter's quinceanera. Quinceanera. Thank you. I always say it wrong. Quinceanera. Yeah. 15th birthday. 15th birthday, which is huge in the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. Missing that he said was the worst thing that could have happened to him while he was in prison. He said, you know, missing that, you know, I didn't get to experience that with my daughter. Um, so this organization came to the prison and said, hey, we want to implement this father-daughter dance. Would you be interested in being kind of our, our guinea pig, our, our first kind of batch of people doing it? And he said, you don't understand how much that means to me because I missed out on that opportunity. This is my chance to give that back to my daughter. So while he's in prison, he was explaining how, you know, outside of his cell, his family was starting to fall apart. You know, he wasn't there to, to help. Um and when his daughter was able to come and do the father-daughter dance, it, you know, re-solidified their relationship. He's still working on kind of fixing what he wasn't able to be there for. But he said that being there for that moment, being there in that night and being able to dance with her, you know, gave him enough momentum to keep pushing on through his prison sentence. Um, I think he was in prison for five years. Um, and he said, you know, every year was just how many more days do I have? How many more days do I have? And he said he was at the, the breaking point too of like, I don't know how much longer I can handle this. And then the organization came and said, we want to give you this opportunity. So wow. yeah, that is incredible. I know you mentioned, Oh God, that's just mind blowing. You, I'm sure you have just a million stories, which is going to be a make for a great book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to tap into one more. You mentioned unique stories. So same sex fathers, single dad, possibly single mother. I know you had mentioned one of those. I'd love for you to unpack that one. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in South Carolina, I'd actually planned to interview a mechanic and I was at a planet fitness parking lot and sitting in my van, kind of doing some work. And, uh, a lady comes up and goes, Hey, like I, do you mind if I take a picture of your van? I love old Volkswagens. I was like, yeah, like absolutely feel free. And she's like, what's this dad book thing all about? And I was like, you know, gave her my elevator pitch. That's phenomenal. I've, I've, that's, that's awesome. I, uh, I have daughters myself and I'm a single mom. I, their father has never been present. I've raised them the entire time. Um, and, uh, and for father's day, they get me father's day gifts. They call me dad, mom. And I was like, Dawn, 
I've been looking for you. Like I have, <laughs> that was the thing when I started the dad book, I was like, I have to have a single mom in there as well. That, that shows that side of being both mom and father. Right. And, um, truly incredible story the next night. So then I was like, all right, well, Don, I'd love to have you in my book. Like, are you interested? And she's like, absolutely. So the next night we were at an Applebee's having dinner and we, I think we ended up chatting for like three and a half hours. We, wow. we shut the place down. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. But just, just her story again of like overcoming, the adversities of being a, a single teen parent. Um, she had her first daughter when she was a teenager right out of high school. And she said, she said right out of high school, her principal or superintendent came up to her and said, Dawn, you're never going to amount to anything. Like it's a proven fact that when like she gave her the statistic and that it's the unfortunate reality of, you know, teen parents usually find, very rough patches and there's a statistic out there and i don't know off the top of my head of just you know incarceration rates skyrocket um divorce skyrockets um she said don i want you to know you're you're never going to amount to anything and she said the day that her daughter graduated from high school she went back up to her principal or superintendent and said "Uh, this is my daughter i'd love for you to meet her this is the daughter i had when i was a teen um and she's graduating your high school now so Dawn taking it to the man. Dude, hair on my arm standing up. That is the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. So she's, I mean, that's the thing is it's these incredible stories. And I think I think it goes to show the good in humanity, right? Where mm-hmm. you have complete strangers 24 hours ago that are now giving their life story and being like, hey, this is, this is who I am. Like, take it for what it is. Um, so, yeah, just absolutely incredible stories. Um I will say not everything in the dad book is going to be like super heavy like that. There's a dad that's a comedian that's going to do this whole chapter on like just dad jokes. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just truly incredible stories. Um, it's been a phenomenal ride. Again, I've been on the road for about four and a half months now, um, now heading West. So 30 states to go. I was going to say, we're not even halfway through. Yeah. And I'm already like, all right, you got enough type thing. You got yeah. plenty. You're, already, you're going to hit New York Times bestseller. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't make a dent. Uh, and you're not even halfway through, which is the coolest thing. You have 30 more states to go. You're hitting Minnesota as number 20. Yep. Um, timetable of when you're going to get this finished. Yeah. So my ultimate intent pending, knock on wood, pending any serious issues, my ultimate goal is to have the traveling done by Christmas. I would love to be back in, in town for, for Christmas. Christmas is a big thing for me and my family. Um, so I want to have all of the Northwest done by end of September, finish the Southwest um, kind of end of October, be, by, be to Virginia, West Virginia area by middle of November. And then the, the nice thing with the Northeast is all the states are kind of boom, 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 just kind of right up the coast. Excuse me. Um, so the hope is that I could get all of the Northeast done in a, in about a month. So that would put me, so then from Maine, I'll drive through Canada, um, through Detroit, back to Kalamazoo, um, kind of right in time for Christmas. So gotcha. I'll be done, be done with the traveling by Christmas, uh, with the ultimate intent of having the book published, ready to be sold by Father's Day 2020. So right wow. on. So that was a setup question. Yeah. Right? You just hit me with the boom, boom, boom of the Northeast. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you go out West, there's two states that aren't uh, connected necessarily to the, to the mainland here. We got, you, you we're got not Hawaii. geography majors by any means, but, but we do know that Hawaii or that Alaska's way the hell up there up North and Hawaii is 
a, a, a long ways away with a lot of water in between. Yeah. <laughs> and you're driving this uh, 1985 Volkswagen that needs to get to Hawaii. Is there a chance that we can, is there a chance the dad book, the, at the real dad book, gets to Hawaii? There is a slim, slim sliver of hope. Um, uh, so I reached out to Volkswagen explain what I was doing, explained, you know, I'm taking your 35 year old vehicle to all 50 States. Um, they're coming out with their new electric bus in 2020, 2022. Um, and I said, you know, this would be great content for you guys to say, look at the longevity, the character of these vans. We're now coming out with a new one. I said, if you would be willing to cover the cost of shipping the, the van from LA to Honolulu and back, I would potentially do the drive from Seattle to Anchorage. It's a 40-hour drive. No map does justice to how far away Alaska is. Mm-hmm. It'd be 40 hours there and 40 hours back. Wow. Um, and then it's it's like $1,500 to ship it from L.A. to Honolulu and then $1,500 back. So it'd be like $3,000 for Volkswagen. Who's making that money right now. Just made it. Just made it. Just made another one. Just made another one. They made made 30,000 probably through half of the stories you've told in this podcast just now. Exactly. And we believe in Volkswagen. We truly believe in Volkswagen. We love Volkswagen. Fantastic. Fantastic company. I love playing uh, Punch Buggy as a kid. I have been saying Volkswagen out of my mouth since I two years old when I've been able to punch my younger brother um, and tell him that I saw Punch Buggy, no punchbacks. Yeah. So (laughs) Volkswagen we love what you're doing. The back pocket supports you. It's got to happen. I I also just think like not only is like what you're you are doing like incredible and really really cool as like all 23 year olds sitting here talking about it like 24 now. 24, sorry. I'm I'm the old guy here. Yeah, you're you're pretty old, you <laughs> yeah. know. But like it, it's just so cool what you're doing. You're grabbing all these experiences. It's so, you know, black when everything else is white. Like it's very off color from what everybody else is doing like you're having these you know andrew and i love to have these undistracted conversations for an hour but you're going to every single state interviewing a dad and having exactly those unpacking those stories i mean that in itself is an an incredible story for volkswagen to throw you one of their new cars insure you for it let you ride around the west coast and all these places which is just beautiful grab some content like get you get some drone footage like turn it into a 30 second commercial for the release of their thing on father's day it makes so much sense they got to pull the trigger right they have to they have to pull the trigger and i like i want everybody Volks, to volkswagen. let's let's please hit up volkswagen please. dude mm-hmm. we need please. to hit up volkswagen that'd be so amazing dude yes. I, it would I be mean, amazing we have companies like microsoft putting out commercials with the salmon sisters Yo, and that's nothing against the Sam and Sisters. Nothing against the Sam and Sisters. We love their content. We love what they're doing with whatever that because it's a about. story. But it's a story. It's, it's a personal. Story. It's this journey. It's the things that people remember. Volkswagen, you gotten some heat. You gotten some heat, and you're behind the eight ball right now. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. <laughs> hey, Volkswagen, you're listening to two the two twenty three year olds and a twenty four year old, and with a twenty year old producer telling you, hey, this is a good idea. We can pretty much do the whole thing for you. All you have to do is say yes, give us, you know, whatever money it would take to make sure Nate does it live, and we're good. Absolutely. And how much of a dent does that make in Volkswagen? Doesn't make Does it. By the time they would send the email saying, yes, we're on board, they would have already recouped their money. Exactly. So we're clipping this out. We're sending it to them. We're tagging them. They're going to see this, and I I I think we just sold them. Operation Get Vanna to Hawaii. 
is a go. Is a go. Yeah, <laughs> love that. But uh, transition in here. Do you have any questions before we? Ty does. Absolutely. I guess I have one. Um, <laughs> no, you have one, dude. You always have. The funny thing about Ty is like we'll have this. You know, we'll be riffing. And then we'll be like, Ty, you got any questions? And then Ty will ask, like, most more times than not, like, the best question of anything that Andrew <laughs> and I tried to ask. Okay. So Ty's always got fire questions. I got my best. I always got the heater on deck. Um, So you haven't talked a lot about, like, you talked a little bit about, like, you were in finance. You had an internship. You, you did a pretty traditional path. How did your family or people around you react to this decision of going out? Because that's, like, totally off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I when I first. Andrew's going to the bathroom real oh, quick. Sorry, yeah. Dude, middle of the podcast? We're good. <laughs> are we? Are, no, we're are, great dude are we good hey, we're great we got ty we got nate <laughs> we got don't worry all good all good all right he can't um, do a good podcast unless he pees dude everyone else ridiculous don't drink in podcast <laughs> oh we're drinking on podcast dude look how many seltzers we got yes, in front of us. several thank you oberon and uh thank you yes um yeah so um to to touch on your point yes when i had my internships in finance and I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I obviously had to tell my parents because as any good son, you have to, you know, keep your, keep your parents in the loop. I said, mom, dad, I want to do this. I laid out the whole plan for him. I said, I've thought a lot about this. Um, and this is something that I'm going to do. I would just like your guys support. They said they were obviously concerned as any good parent would be. Sure. They, you know, you're living out of a van, you're doing what, you know, do you have, you know, any protection or anything? So they had all the questions. Um, but at the end of the day, my parents, and that's, that's been the great thing from, you know, the day I was six years old, I started working at my dad's company. Um, they have always supported me and my sisters with anything we've ever tried to do anything we've ever attempted to do. They have been our number one supporters. And that was huge. Um, because, you know, there was that eight month time frame between, you know, the end of my internship and actually leaving um, that it looked like for a hot second, the dad book was this, you know, fantasy and may never actually happen. Yeah. And there were a lot of people that would, I would, you know, go to the post office to send out eBay stuff and they would say, Hey Nate, you haven't left for the dad book yet. Like, are, are you still doing that? Um, and it, it definitely, um, it definitely helped to have my parents support and my parents being like, Hey, I know, I know you're going to do this. How can we help get you on the road? How can we, you know, help encourage you to continue on? Um, when everybody else seemed to be saying, you know, are you sure you're still doing this? Is it really reasonable, feasible right. to, to travel to all 50 States? Yeah. Um, so yes, they, they were supportive from day one. They had their concerns, but they, they've always been the most supportive people with this whole endeavor. So, well, well, I mean, you seem pretty rational about it. And I thought the interesting part of the story was it seems like a very impulsive thing to just decide to drive in a van, but then it took you like eight months to really pull the trigger. So yeah. that dichotomy is something I find kind of interesting because I feel like the type of person to do it would just drop everything and go. Right. But then it took you a while. Right. Right. And, and that's the thing is I, I, it comes from my finance background of kind of working through problems, being logical as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's definitely helped as well of, of, yeah, you know, yes, it's impulsive from an outsider's perspective, but there's been a lot of planning behind the scenes to, you know, get the planet fitness membership, you know, do the GoFundMe, save up enough money beforehand, you know, work the internship, work the, do the eBay business to continue, you know, making money while I was kind of sitting around waiting. Um, 
so yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely been a, a whirlwind experience to yeah. say the least and then it probably set them at ease too your parents yeah that you, they knew that you weren't just dropping everything and just going out on a whim that you had at least a semblance of a plan i, I if i if i had dropped everything and left i think that would be a completely different story with my yeah, parents they'd sure. be like nate what are you doing right <laughs> no plans yeah i have a question um are you going to interview your own dad so big tone uh Tony Tone, Tony, Tony Timmons, Tony Timmons, <laughs> Tony Timmons, dude. Uh, he'll love that. Uh, yes, Big Tone is going to be the last uh, interview of the Dad Book, uh, Chapter Fifty. My dad. Um, again, it's a it's a chapter I could basically write right now and have ready to go. But I do have to interview him. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So definitely the interview I'm most looking forward to. Is, I think you're. I think Tony's gonna cry. I I could cry talking about him. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, your parents support uh, this whirlwind of a journey, the mm-hmm. ebbs and flows, the strikes and gutters. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's that emotion of, you know, sometimes it's going well, sometimes it's not going well. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're going to keep pushing forward. You're going to get this content out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing through this journey, you found a couple average qualities throughout yeah. um, figuring out what's going to work and what's not going to work. And this is our favorite question to ask on the back pocket. It's the average quality question. It's a question I've been looking forward to for a year. Love that, man. <laughs> so it's something you do well at times and other times not so well for the listeners that are hearing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, Nate, what is your average quality? I'm just going to take a moment to soak that soak in. Soak it in. <laughs> it's, it's been a year in the making. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so I have thought about this, and I would say my average quality is being an average car mechanic. Again, owning a 30-year-old car. Uh, before I owned it, I didn't know how to drive stick. I had never changed my own oil. Um, which I don't know how many like 20 something year olds have changed oil. It's not something we're taught growing up. Right. Um, I've heard it's kind of easy. It's, it's pretty easy. It's, I say that it's, it's pretty easy. It's not difficult. It's pretty Um, average. It's pretty average. So with me being an average mechanic, I have changed the brake master cylinder by myself just from YouTube. Um, which sounds terrifying, but it was literally like an eight minute YouTube video and the guy shows you step by step how to do it. And I was like, all right, I can do that. Um, the brakes were still bad after the fact, but you know, that's beyond the point. So that, that's why it's the average quality, right? Sure. Of you know, I fixed it, but the brakes still weren't great. So I had to take it in the mechanic to, to finish it up there. Sure. Um, Vanna White was the first car I've ever changed my own oil on. So that was uh, a plus. Um, but then again, for like 90% of everything else, I take it to the mechanic and, you know, they, they're the professionals. Yeah, you're yeah. putting in the effort to try to figure it out. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a little in over my head exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and it's one of those it's like i need this van to get me to all 50 states i'm gonna try my best to do everything i can but at the end of the day i want a professional looking at this (laughs) i love your commitment to this van too because it's really like you could grab another van and slap another sticker on it and put all the stuff in that van and put another but you're like this van this specific one that i just saw had an epiphany moment realized it was stick shift realized it doesn't have brakes but i'm still going to commit to it love it first sight. love it first sight you're staying with it vanna and i have a we are in a serious committed relationship <laughs> wow dude how did you have a girlfriend right uh, i do not have a girlfriend oh okay yeah well, no I, assumptions on this podcast no, too we're, we're actually like super good at it it's okay it's phenomenal yeah. but dude you're dating a van which I is kind of sick i i will say there's a piece of content that is being created for just that yes God, <laughs> i, I freaking love it dude oh, that's amazing is it and you had brought this up kind of right at the beginning where you think like there's this magical dad book and that like how dads just like automatically know more than you do and you feel like you should know at like when you're 22 23 yeah. <laughs> i feel the same way but like 
for some reason, like our generation of dads, they just know cars better than us. They, in general, like my, I'll I'll call my dad, like, hey dad, like cars not starting, and then you give him like two symptoms, like you're at the doctor's or something, and he's like, oh, you know what? It's probably the alternator, like it's not charging <laughs> the battery, and that's probably why it's out. And it's like. Wow, I didn't even think about that. You know, that's and it was right. You know, like and they're like, you know, they're pretty close to being right. Blows my mind that that like, how did they get, gather that information? Seriously, it's conspiracy theory type thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny you say that. My dad and I have talked about that. Like, my dad's one of my dad's average qualities is being a car mechanic. And I'm like, hey, dad, like this is the sound. What do you think it is? And he's like, oh, it's probably this. But like, you should take it in to get checked. Mm-hmm. Uh, my starter went out on my old car, and he was like, oh, let's let me bring a screwdriver and we'll just hit the starter a couple times, and that should get it to work. It's like, how do you know how to do that? Gosh, <laughs> so ridiculous. Our dads, they're they that's not their average quality. No. They they have that above average quality. So okay. I think that's pretty cool that our dads can help us when we are being below average. And at the end of the day, the combination of our dads and us is an average quality of a car mechanic. Yeah, absolutely. Like when like my check engine light comes on. Like I feel like for a dad when a check engine light comes on, it's like, oh yes, let's let's go, dude. Like it <laughs> it just like it lights the spark in them. They're like, what's wrong? I'm ready. Like for me, I'm like, okay, I have $500 in my bank account. I know it takes about 20, it's a $20 Uber to work and back. That gives me about a week to figure this shit out. Um, if I break down tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> that's then that's it. Like, it's so funny that that is a thing, but you know, you're, you're bridging the gap. I would say, mm-hmm. do you ever think about that? Cause, and this just came into my mind. So maybe you have not thought about this, but I just now thought about this, how, um, there is kind of like a generational gap, right? Like baby boomers and we're, I mean, millennial Gen Z, right? Yeah. For, for the most part, there's a serious gap there, not only in like the workforce, but like in lifestyle and mm-hmm. so in social media and everything, you are kind of working to connect the dots there. Would you say? Yeah. So that's, so that's actually one of the things that I am trying now to figure out how I want to lay out the dad book, um, chapter wise, do I start with is the first chapter a dad that is a week away from becoming a father and then ending with a dad on his deathbed and kind of following the progression there where young dad to old dad or is it a hodgepodge of the chapters of you know this how to followed up by this story or um, so I've, I've been trying to figure out how to lay out the actual chapters and that's interesting you say that because I could see where you know if you have that father that's going to be a father in a week and then at the end of the book, you have a dad who's 85 years old on his deathbed. You know, what does that look like? Is the dad that's, you know, our age, this is his viewpoint, is his stance on life going to be vastly different from a guy who's 85 and yeah, a baby boomer who's on their, on their deathbed. Um, so yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. Um, I haven't interviewed too many old dads yet. Um, they're all about 30 to 40 um that i've interviewed so far so i am excited to see that perspective from that that old dad right to Mm -hmm. see what that looks like so yeah that's super interesting because it's i hope that answered the question no no absolutely it did for sure yeah um because it 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 kind of blows my mind in the sense that like um like how do you tell that story for the book like you can go so many different ways with it but at the same time if you start to tell if you like you said hodgepodge if you go out of the hodgepodge then you could just become a table of contents for the things that people want right but really like it's a story like yeah i almost thought about just like why don't you just tell your story 
on your journey because mm. this is your book. You're the author. Right. Why don't you just tell it in the way in the sequence that you experienced it? Right. Right. So that's that's where the possibility of a, a second book that's just focused on the journey mm. um, comes into effect. So you can do a lot with it. You can do a lot with it. Dad book is number one. That is the most prioritized absolutely aspect but then yes i i do keep like a daily journal and kind of mark down the you know being broken into in an airbnb flying on a plane um you know meeting up with this uh old college friend in the smoky mountains on a you know total whim of a moment kind of thing so by the way one of our good friends who listens to our podcast tyler cruz i think he's in the chiropractic uh school down the road here he sent us a Snapchat and was like, yo, here's the dad book in the Smoky Mountains. And oh, like, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually had an experience where, like, we had been just, like, giving you shout outs every once in a while, like, created some brand association. And a guy who listens to our podcast and follows us on Instagram was like, yo, that's the dad book. Yeah, he sent me a picture. He sent me a DM and was like, hey, I've heard of you from the back pocket, which is, like, it's awesome. And at the same time, it gets me a little concerned that I do have like my Instagram and social media handle right on the back of the, the van. Because mm-hmm. then when I'm sleeping in it, people are like, oh, hey, I know you're sleeping in your van, but like super cool story. If you wake up and like you're in the area, we should chat. And I'm like, well, that's a good problem to have because then, then you're global at that point. I was going to say it's a great problem to have. It's just a, there's like an ounce of me that's like eh. <laughs> understandable, understandable yeah. for sure. So real quick, finance major learning how to uh, write a book. So the dad book, I joke, is either going to be like super dry and analytical, very like statistics based, or um, I did take some creative writing classes in college um, and and like to think that I can kind of separate between numbers and a little bit more of that creative outlet. So I I do enjoy, you know, writing the dad book because it does allow me to kind of take my brain off of, you know, 75% of quarter three revenues, you know, all that. So, so. Anyways, you were talking about your average quality. Now we're going to talk about what's in your back pocket. Okay. So things that you were average at, you know, being an average mechanic and having highs and lows, what's the one thing that you rely on that is, you know, when you're in a tough situation, what do you rely on to come out on top? That's what's in your back pocket. What is that? Yeah. So it was my senior year of college. I took a meditation and yoga class. It was like a gen ed requirement. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be like nap time, right? And, Mm. you know, I'm getting credit for it. Um, but the one, um, the one thing that I really took away from that class was this idea in psychology of the, the wise elder where in life, when the going gets really tough or when things are going really good, um, you know, plant yourself 60 years in the future, be that 80 year old Nate Timmons on your rocker, you know, looking back on your life and thinking, you know, in that moment, was that something I really needed to do? Or was it something that I now look back on and like have fond memories of? So that's, that's been the thing is when the going gets has gotten tough on the dad book, I look back or I, I look forward, if you will, and kind of ask myself in 60 years, are you proud that that was the decision you made? When I was sitting there in Kalamazoo and was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this dad book thing. Like it's it's starting to look a little glim. Um, I looked I looked in the future and was like, all right, 80 year old Nate, are you going to be sitting on your rocker and be like, why the hell didn't you do the dad book? Like that was such an awesome idea. Like, why didn't you just go ahead and do it? Um, on the opposite side, when things are going really great, I, you know, try and soak in that entire experience and I try and make the most of just being in the moment because I know in 60 years, I'm going to look back and want to re-envision being in that moment, being, you know, in the back pocket studio and being like, hell yeah, we were doing this podcast and it was awesome. Like 
this is this is something I want to remember when in you know 60 years. So it's it's that culmination of when the going gets really tough, you can look forward and say, you know, is this something I really really want to do? Is this something I'm passionate about? If in 60 years I'm going to be pissed that I didn't do it, you should do it. Mm. On the flip side, if it's something that's super awesome, are you doing everything? You know, are you on your phone? You know, fumbling away on Instagram, or are you truly in the moment, like living it up, loving it? You know, taking in all the surroundings. So that in 60 years, you can look back and be like, yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> the wise elder, man. The wise elder. That's so cool. And this is my favorite question to ask because there is the same common theme across every single answer of that reflection period being in their back pocket. Whether it's uh, religion, whether it's uh, fitness or meditation and everything in between, they always have that common theme of I need to just take this moment and think about all right I am very stressed the anxiety is like bulging out of my chest and I'm freaking out but I'm gonna take this moment and look 60 years in the future and reflect on it and say hey this is a moment that I'm really gonna care about going on so I'm gonna try to be in the moment I'm gonna minimize this this anxiety and uh and push forward and and believe that this is the moment that I should be in. So phenomenal answer, Nate. And I love how you reflected towards the point of a, a college class and them giving you that aha, like, all right, this is going to be something I'm going to carry with me going forward for the rest of my life. And and who would have thought a meditation yoga class that was a total blow off class, like in theory, ended up being something that I now take with me every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And yeah. like we had said, like you are living in the moment every single day. Mm hmm. And what better thing to have than to alter your perspective just a little bit, put on a, put on the historian or the look back, the legacy lens just for a little bit to remind yourself what you're doing, the impact that you're making and how much you should really cherish this moment, right? Cause you're going back at the end of this year and going into 2020, starting to write a book and dude, I mean, you're going to be spending a lot of time in coffee shops and really trying to push this thing out. Yep. And I bet you're going to be like, damn, I wish I was in. Hawaii driving my electric Volkswagen <laughs> or I wish I was driving to Alaska again, you know, like we're recording in the back pocket. I mean, granny, you can come on whenever you want, but like, <laughs> I love, I, I really do. Like Andrew said, I freaking love that man. That is so freaking cool. Yeah. Thanks, folks. Yeah. And Thanks. it's a challenge to stay in the moment yep. every single day when there are these things that are coming up and we love to challenge ourselves every single episode when we get to tap into more Nate Timmons. Uh, we do this by asking you if there's someone inside your circle that could be in, in the Twin Cities or could just be a best friend, it could be a cousin, it could be anyone um, that you want to see on the back pocket. So, Nate, who do you challenge us with to come on the show? Yeah, yeah. I would I would definitely think it'd be phenomenal if you guys could get PJ Fleck in here. Yes, dude. Like Great challenge. Yes. Yeah. If, if you guys can get PJ on this chair, I think that guy is the most energetic guy ever. He'll live in this place. Like he brings the energy, right? And that's, that's his whole mantra. Um, and I think it'd be awesome if you guys could get PJ on. He was, uh, so he was the football coach at Western Michigan university when I was there, Mm -hmm. led us to our, you know, undefeated season when our small little Mac school made it to the cotton bowl. Um, you know, he was the coach. And then the next year he's now at Minnesota doing, you know, big things now, but I think it'd be awesome if you guys could get PJ on. And it's very realistic because we had someone that challenged us on our show to get the wide receivers coach mm-hmm. for yes. Minnesota, mm-hmm. Matt Simon. Matt Simon, and we're in the works of getting him on the show. Mm-hmm. Granted, they're just starting the football season, so it could get a little dicey. Yep. But this podcast isn't going anywhere, so exactly. that we'll have him on eventually. It's an infinite game when it comes to that. It's an, infin- it's an infinite game. And so when we get Matt Simon on, that's a little, uh, little viewpoint. And mm-hmm. then we have you on. 
who allegedly is going to have PJ Fleck in the dad book. We're not going to put anything in concrete terms yet. Nothing yet, but... But in the works. In the works. Officially, Absolutely. unofficially, allegedly going to have... Unofficial, official, unofficial. Yes. There so, great challenge. I'm looking forward to have PJ on the show. But we've been hammering you for question, with questions now, and I'd like to, uh, as Declan always say, I'd like to congratulate us congratulate us at this point and say hey we've been doing a pretty good podcast here yeah and if you are listening and you're like wow this has been like a really engaging podcast i love this dude literally just go in and give us a five-star rating you know however that may if be if we've earned it if, if we're worthy if, if, look if we've earned it subscribe on itunes or spotify or youtube however show some love show us some love but anyways we'd also love for you to ask us some questions so do you have any questions for us yeah yeah so i know personally when I started the dad book, again, you have this phenomenal idea. You have this idea for a podcast. When you first started out, like how many people, do you guys remember like the days when you were first starting out? Like how many naysayers did you have? Do you, do you recall or is there any moment in specific you recall like looking back on it and somebody was like, yo, doing a podcast, like you'll never make any money from that. Or like it's, do you, do you remember any specific moments like that? I can't, none of them stand out to me as like a naysayer, but mm-hmm. a lot of people in limbo mm-hmm. being like, not really showing a lot of uh, like backing support, support. Yeah. backing support, not when, showing love, not showing love when we, when we bring up this thing that we've been putting all this time into and people are just kind of like, Oh, type thing. And they move on and it's very reserved. They want, you could tell that they are kind of like, that's a waste of time. They don't actually say it, but those moments happen. So you can see it. They still happen today. Of like you're putting in, you're putting out three podcasts a week, and you've been doing that for six months. You have over two hundred episodes, and you're and you're not making money. Like why? But you see it in their eyes. They don't actually say that. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I would also say though, you. I mean, you preface it with like you have this great idea and you want to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, like back pocket really wasn't like this great idea. Like it was just Andrew and I had listened to a lot of podcasts and I'd talked to each other like about part of my take and all these different podcasts we'd listen to together. And we were like, oh, like let's start a podcast. And originally it was this political podcast because um, <laughs> it was hot in the season of like 2016 election. And we went home and, and the first naysayers were our moms. Don't record a podcast talking about politics. So we go into <laughs> February of 2017 with a clean slate having no idea of what this podcast is going to be, except for the fact that both of us want to show up on Friday, February 7th, to record our first podcast, right? So we had to physically build what the back pocket was from scratch through talking to each other while it was recorded. On air. air. And I think that is, like, honestly one of my favorite parts about our story is, like, that theme still kind of exists today. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah, we do have, like, a cool studio, and you're on our show, and there's all kinds of different great things going on about back pocket but at the same time like we're humbled our we've humbled ourselves to the point where it's like where can we take this thing how can we take this thing and like you know there's just so many other things out there now that we've now realized but the the core thing that always sticks with us is that we love it yeah i love i love i love i love showing up and being able to talk to nate timmons for as long as we've been talking to i do that every single day of the week if i could right so that's that's what it's benny so this is behan i've been traveling with natty t for the past week i've been sitting here listening to the back pocket you guys have phenomenal questions i would say like i've been sitting here i don't even have these questions for nate i've been friends with <laughs> <laughs> college. you guys have really good questions and i'm sitting there i'm like damn what 
what are the answers of these? <laughs> Shout out you guys. You got a five-star in, in yeah. Behan's Right on. Score. Thanks, Behan. Yeah. I think this is a cool story that needs to be brought up on the podcast. You came home to the Chicago suburbs with Behan uh, summer after you graduated in 2018. Yep. And one of our good friends, Jimmy Kennedy, was sitting there who uh, is a follower of the back pocket and was like, hey, hey, Nate, you should you should reach out to these guys I know in Minnesota that I was a high school friend with Andrew and you should go on their show. And then I get a text from Jimmy that next day and you reached out to Declan that same day. And that was over a year ago. I mean, that's a cool moment in itself where our worlds are blending. I mean, I Brian, I haven't seen you in like yeah. three years, maybe two and a half years, something weird yeah. like that. When, Crazy. It's crazy. And Jimmy, I see maybe once a year and he has the onus to say, hey, Nate, you need to reach out to this. And then we plan for a year to come on the back pocket. That that is a world maker in itself. Um, so dope. So dope. Of a friend of a friend of, of a friend. friend. And you're yeah. going to spend the night with us tonight. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to the Gophers game. We're going to have a full experience and truly embrace each each other as strangers yeah. and become great friends. Yeah. That's yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Row the boat, baby. Row yeah. the Row boat. The boat. <laughs> Row the PJ. boat. PJ. <laughs> <Yo, laughs> we we looked at it off air. It was uh August eighth of two thousand eighteen and I get a uh, Facebook message from Nate Timmons saying like, Hey, I know Jim Ken- Kennedy in parentheses friend of a friend and we looked <laughs> back at my DM or f- I like forwarded it to in messages to Andrew and I go, Who the fuck is Jim Kennedy? <laughs> uh, Jimbo. So Jimbo, if you're listening, man, we Thank love you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you're the culprit of this whole thing, Jimbo. man. Well and, and to even add on to that point, I just now received a message from Declan after the year. Yeah. yeah. I typed out a whole response and never responded until just now when we looked it up. Yeah. yeah. So I'm That's glad we're following up, dude. I have a couple of dads in Colorado they could interview if you if you want. Yeah. Right on. So right great on. question, Nate. Appreciate that. But that brings us this brings us to our final question. Do we have any more here? Ty, I have one Declan? I have one question. Awesome. There's one dad in the world that you know is a dad that you want to interview. Who is that dad? Ooh, I could cry answering this. I want with everything to interview Elon Musk. That if that can happen, that would set the dad book off on so many. It would take the dad book to Mars for sure. Mm, I love that. Why do you Why do you say Elon? Elon, for anybody that doesn't know who Elon Musk is, I very strongly recommend dropping what you're doing now and just typing in Elon Musk. He is the one human that I think is doing. He's he's combining the art of science with the art of business, and he's making something that people can appreciate with Steve Jobs, right? He created the iPhone and it was something that now everybody in the world has. They all have an iPhone, not, you know, everybody, but something that everybody can appreciate. And it's something that, you know, has value. It's not a a trinket. It's not a fidget spinner. That's just, you know, a product. Elon is truly trying to advance the human civilization um, to outer space with cars being electric. He's trying to get, you know, us off of fossil fuels and he's trying to save the planet. And I think that, we need more people that are very intelligent to take on these kind of issues. And I think Elon can be kind of that 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 guider, that leader for the rest of everybody to say, hey, it's kind of messed up that like we live in a planet that keeps everything inside of it. And when we're just shooting, you know, fossil fuels up to it, like one day that's not going to end well. And he's really trying to bring these super intelligent minds under his wing and say, hey, Let's create products. Let's create things that advance the human civilization to a better future. Um, that's my shameless plug for Elon. I've been a fanboy of his since forever. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think he's doing phenomenal things. So 
Yeah. That is, I mean, right couldn't on. agree more. I, yeah. th- I think he's listening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to finish off with this last note, Nate. Simple question. What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation? Yeah, I've, I've definitely learned that you guys have a phenomenal podcast. You guys are phenomenal people. Um, and again, I think it's one thing I've learned every single day of this dad book adventure that complete strangers can ultimately end up like hanging out and having a great time. And I think it's, again, one thing looking back on every single day that I've been on the, this journey, um, I've had a whole renewed faith in humanity of, you know, here on the news, let's be divided. Let's, you know, choose this side, choose this side. But when you go outside and talk to your neighbor, they're genuinely good people. They are curious about your day. They want to help you out. Um, yeah, now we're going to the football game and like, we're just hanging out. We're having a good time. And it it goes to show that like, there is still good in humanity, no matter what you see online on, on the news or on anything. So I definitely think it's awesome that, uh, yeah, we're all hanging out and we're having a good time. So awesome, Nate. Well, if, if you're listening right now, I want you to go ahead onto Instagram and follow at the real dad booked and just enjoy the ride because he's got 30 more States to go. And it's going to be a hell of a journey. And we're excited to see how you finish out. And we're going to get Volkswagen to sponsor you. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And we're going to get Elon on the podcast. And there's going to be all kinds of great things that are going to come of this podcast, I hope. Yes. Yeah. But thank yes. you for coming on, man. You've thank been you an guys. absolute blast. You're yeah. the best. Thank you guys for having me.